Let's get it. Me and my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in the console. Keep the semi when I ride. Let off Henny when I drive. In the city, we gon' slide. Bet I be there pronto. Hey, you see me when I ride. What we calling this next one, Toya? Uh, we'll call this last one uh, the. I mean, it's a, it's a social shock because this issue shook and rattled not only the American society but the globe. So we'll call it a social shock. All right, let's get into it. The social top. We're talking about, of course, what people are in some instances considering good news, uh, given the circumstances. Uh, you know, that language has been <laughs> tempered. You feel me? Uh, but Derek Chauvin was found guilty uh, of all charges. Uh, it was like murder three, which was, we'll talk about how weird just the murder three charge is in general. Uh, and then it was like what reckless? It was, it was two other charges. Uh, I think I think the murder three is the one that, that everybody was kind of more so invested in, because that was you know that's it's murder. It's the biggest. Like, uh, I think that one too. That charge carries a sentence of twelve years or something like that. So that was the one that was going to be the heavy hitter. Yeah. Uh, and so they hit him with all three. They hit him with all three. Mm-hmm. First question, of course, did that surprise you? Did it surprise me? Yes, because I live in 2020 um, America as a black woman. And so I was shocked. Um, I don't I, I don't count money until it's in my hand. So I for damn sure wasn't finna take solace in, you know, even with the level of convincingness of those testimonies that they were going to buy over a jury. Um, and so, yeah, I was I was surprised. I was surprised that uh, he didn't get. A lesser charge or just a lesser charge like manslaughter two or manslaughter three as opposed to murder um second degree murder i think uh in the third degree second that doesn't make sense third degree murder <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make sense uh i was surprised they went as far as murder and thought they would have gave them lesser charges so i was pretty shocked I was yeah no nah, you know what I, like i said i wasn't i wasn't um derek chauvin had to be made an example of Period. Mm-hmm. He had to be made an example of. Matter of fact, uh, even there was there's a Fox News host, Greg Gutfield, who was on a was on a panel on Fox News and straight up said, "Like I'm glad that he was found guilty of all charges because I didn't want my neighborhood to get looted again." Mm-hmm. Period. I think it was. I, I think somebody, week, t- somebody tweeted last night too. It tore me up. Somebody said. I'm back home. I gotta take my looting clothes off. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I think I feel like last week niggas was talking about shit. He was gonna get, or a couple weeks ago he was talking about he's gonna get a PS5. They yeah. niggas was about to hit the streets. I mean, and it, it, you know, people was looking at that as as a possibility. And of course, like, duh, you feel me? Like, why not? It it, it happened again. You, it, it was even more blatant and even more as as Toya has explained today, gratuitous. Than it has been in the past. Why not? Yeah. You feel me? And so I think ultimately they had to. They had to. Like, this is this is post Trump. Like how we had uh like that post America Obama that we thought we was gonna have. We actually they actually gonna try to give us that post Trump because they're right now they're trying to prove like hey we we not the same white people. We're not the same white people we was. Donald Trump then then kind of we didn't we didn't put the mirror. We didn't see how we act. We running up on the Capitol. They got us looking bad. We not the same white people. They mm-hmm. had to convict him. He had to get all three. Period. 
Uh, so uh, ultimately, for me, I was just like, yeah, the, the you know, what I'm saying. I mean, any any good happy feelings I had were killed because, um, or kiboshed. I won't ironically use the phrase killed because uh, Makaya was killed around the same time the decision was released in Columbus, and so mm-hmm. that was really disheartening. Um, but you know, I, I think, and what I I listened to the coverage on in NPR. I was in the gym when they were talking about it. So I was listening to the coverage on NPR. They were there on site, uh, you know, recording people. And a lot of people's sentiments was, this is something to celebrate, right? It's a moment that we do have to take to recognize that justice was uh, almost served. Uh, But, you know, we still have to recognize that this is a small fraction, a small sliver and a slice of what we need to see. All right, Ethereum Beauty, have a good night, handle your business. But, uh, you know, we take it for what it is. You do have to take the good. Social life within social death, right, Joe? That's mm-hmm. one of the gorgeous. Um, and Wilderson's and I think Mo, uh, Moten and Orlando Patterson, they all kind of have an agreement. I won't say they have an agreement, but there is scholarship about that type of talks about social life within social death, right? And so we got to have those moments. But Jared, Sexton. Can't forget about them, Sexton. Okay, yeah. but we're not going to be, our, our perceptions are not diluted by the, the realities of the situation. Yeah, yeah. I think, but I think uh, uh, that's what they want, though. That's the conversation they want to have. And I think we talked about this uh, last week in terms of Dante Wright. Yeah. Um, because now you have a you have a juxtaposition. They have a floor now, right? And to be honest, initially there was no, in terms of like police violence and them killing niggas, it was, there was no floor. It was just like, damn, it happens. Now in this post-Trump America, they have a floor. Derek Chauvin is the floor. Putting your knee on a nigga neck for nine minutes is the floor. <laughs> you feel me? So it's like anything above that, then you got an argument. Like, I, mean, I, I think. Yeah, I, I just, I think the, the tricky thing for me is that the, the system has not provided a corrective. If y'all recognize and don't forget that the black woman, the young black, the young black lady, the teenager who recorded the videos is the reason that we know the truth about this. You know, that's another reason why I can't get excited about decisions and lots of any because there wasn't a cop who stood up and said, you know, this is too much. I want to tell the truth. There wasn't, you know, anybody outside of the police chief who in the case. But I, I want you out of the gate to say I didn't hire somebody to come on my force and act like this. I want you penalized to the highest extent. Of, and I don't care about having to let the details of the investigation. All of that stuff playing politics is stupid to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Instead, a young black woman. Is the person who blew the truth off of it by having the audacity and nerve to sit there and record for nine minutes. So that's why I can't get lost or trapped or caught up in any of these correctives or perceptions of correctness because none of the right people said the right thing. Yeah, I mean, because I because it's because it's it's those types of situations to where it's like uh like we was talking about earlier, it happens, and so they don't look at it as a situation was like oh somebody with a knife they was attacking people they got shot. That's not a story. You're right. Right. It's like it's like when you see what happened, when you see the people, not just like, you know, a police report. But when you see the name, like when you see like how young these people are, like you see a face, you see like a, like somebody really getting their life t- taken away from them. Then it's not just a, just a police report. It's not just a statistic. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's somebody real life. Now, the interesting thing about the, the conviction is that um, Maxine Waters, as you as you had brought up, was making statements about not being satisfied. Mm-hmm. Like uh, guilty or not, like really just kind of sitting back and um, allowing things to continue ha- how they have, uh, how they've been going. We can't do that, uh, and that this ain't the first time Maxine Waters said some shit like this. So I'm, I'm even, I'm surprised that they surprised. 
And uh, uh, but the, the, but, the same thing with Rodney, with the Rodney, Rodney, Rodney King decision uh, back in 92. I watched a clip of her, same taper with a nice little. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Touched up. First top. And was yeah. just, I, I, I don't condone violence, but I absolutely understand the anger and frustration these people feel. And if you don't, then without you a doubt, of, you out of touch. Without a doubt. Um, and so, what do you think about the judge of the Derek Chauvin trial uh-huh. uh, making a statement seeming to suggest that it would be possible for an appeal yeah. um, on Derek Chauvin's behalf? Due to the statements that uh, Maxine Waters made, you know, Which, I, what, what, what was behind that? What was behind that? I, I mean, I think you know, well, first perceptions of objectivity, right? So, also just kind of being honest about the possibilities of those things and kind of laying it out there. I don't really think there was a motive behind the judge's statements. I think that in that same breath, though, here's why I didn't like what he said. Joe Biden, and I want to go back up and look at somebody mentioned Joe Biden's comments in the statement, um, right? Shout out um, to the boy Stacy. I got him up there. Yeah, uh, not being funny, but when uh, when has any president come out and said he's praying for the right decision? Sounds less like video evidence was so compelling they had to save face. And in thinking about Joe Biden's comment, one of his justifications for making it was that he knew that the uh, the jurors were sequestered and wouldn't be able to hear his comments, which is why he spoke so freely. Right. So I think the same logic suffices with Maxine Waters. The jurors are sequestered. They can't hear anything. They're not they don't have access to social media. This is a high profile case. They're not letting nothing get to these people. Right. Mm. So, I, I, you know, the truth of the matter is, I think he said it, I guess, just to show objectivity. But it's also like, don't be boosy about it, because the president has already identified the truth of the statement, the, the truth of the situation, which is these people are not going to hear these comments anyway. So mm. what? Does it matter? But like Stacey G said, because we don't trust the system, you know, not a fan of it, don't think it works the way it's supposed to and works the exact opposite. It is a possibility that the judge is foreshadowing what is to come to show the strategy of the defense that might get up there and say, you know, these politicians meddling in what should be objective cases, throw it out. So it, it, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, uh, I don't know. I ain't gonna lie. I felt the way. Like, I'm not a conspiracy theory nigga, you feel me? But I do feel like, it, I mean, he really, he did everything but suggested. You know what I mean? Like, how are you admonishing uh, Maxine Waters from your bench? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, is she going to hear about it because you made the statement publicly? Yeah, but everybody going to hear about it. You feel me? And, like, really, all you're doing is creating a justification for the appeal. Now, was there going to be an appeal file anyway? Of course, right? But now there is a, a, a baseline, right? Like to the point where a judge from his bench had to speak on the uh, appropriateness of a politician like Maxine Waters to be making the type of statement she's making. You feel me? Like that alone, I, I, I think that it, it in, at best, I mean, at, 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 at worst, it encourages it. Yeah. You know what I mean? At, at, at best, I should say. It encourages it. You feel me? At worst, it's it's more so like he's like, hey, do your thing. But I, I mean, I don't want to take it that far. But I just feel like it it, it created this, a scenario and a situation where they can then say a sitting judge felt it was appropriate to point out how it was inappropriate for Maxine Waters to say what she said. And that, that kind of creates more issues. Um, but I do want to ask you this, though. 
I want to get your uh, I want to get your understanding on what this means for post-Trump America, mm-hmm. right? Um, is that something that is, is it is it something that is a a uh, a productive? Is it something that we should attach ourselves to, like moving outside of? Okay, you got the white people that's trying to distance themselves. They trying to create a a, a new narrative around um, how America as a society situation situates itself with uh black people and the people who hate black people you know what i'm saying uh is that something that black people should attach themselves to no um i think that systems and structures are what they are and they function how they're supposed to function regardless of the consciousness of the people operating in them that's why we can watch tapes and listen to trayvon martin scream for his life and know the truth about brianna taylor's uh uh murder and still get the outcomes that we have is that it doesn't matter how people feel. It matters how systems are set up, how laws are set up, how institutions are set up. And so this leads me to end up agreeing with Stacey G. I, Stacey, I agree with you about Marita Holmes' comment. Uh, I feel that if they charge every one of the cops present, that would make the police really police the police. Until we have extreme measures like that, where somebody could be, the neck be set on for nine minutes and every single cop that was around there in the vicinity to let that happen and never stopped it is charged because they all were negligent and failed on the job, then we can start being excited about white people aligning themselves with systemic and structural change and pushing. But I don't, I don't see that happening until we have institutional changes that then white people can feel more comfortable aligning themselves behind because white people like rules. They like the the framework. They like the text of shit and then being able to cozy up with aligning with that. That cognitive dissonance is what troubles them. So if you start changing the way institutions are, then more white people will have the nerve to build up the consciousness to start to really push a lot of real shit through. Here's the problem, Toya. What's the problem, Damo? It's already that's already considered illegal. If you are, for example, if you committing a felony, right, and you committing a felony, and in in the course of that felony, somebody ends up being killed, right? Everybody that was a part of that, like, if you in the car while a drive by is taking place, everybody in the car is getting charged with so whoever get killed in that drive by. Everybody in the car getting charged. Somebody might get a little couple more years, but everybody getting something. Yeah, everybody getting something. Y'all, y'all all getting a piece of this. You feel me? Everybody that made it possible, everybody that empowered the action of the officer. You feel me? But you know, I get this. This is the little, the, the little bit of um, the shielding. You know what I'm saying? That the officers get. It's like, well, you wasn't the ones that did it. You know what I mean? But that, but again, that's a part of creating that difference, right? Like you create a, you create a baseline, you create a bottom, a basement. And say like, I right, anything this and below, like this is this is what we not fucking with, right? Um, but but when you but when you talk about institutions though, like explain what you mean by that, because I feel like ultimately, okay, we, like we 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 Qualify. look at these things as like interpersonal, right? Like we look at it as just like decisions that we make, but like when you say it's institutional, I I mean that that adds something to that, so I think you should break that down. So what I'm explaining is things like qualified immunity has to go yeah. because some people believe that police being a police officer is just as hard as anything else. And sometimes you have to make hard decisions and judgment calls about things. And so police do deserve to be protected. So I understand, which means that sometimes I can look at reality in the face and still say, well, they have a risky job. So I get it right. That 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 complicates the conscience that white people are trying to build. Because they still feel like because laws are set up to justifiably understand things that institutionally, right, that gives them some leeway. So I must be able with my conscience to give them some leeway, too. 
right? So if we take away uh, qualified immunity, then you have police officers operating at the same on the same playing field as doctors who can be taken to jail for uh, malpractice, for inappropriately or incorrectly doing their job, even though they thought they was doing something in the best interest of a patient. It can still be proven that you don't mm-hmm. get the just because you thought you made the right decision. Who else is subject to that? Oh, people like lawyers who, if they are found to have ineffectively uh, uh, defended their client, they can be sued or be disbarred or whatever for not It's consequences. It's consequences. To your negligence and to your malpractice. But police officers, for some reason, don't get that. Right. We look at doctors and say, hell no, if you do a surgery wrong, if you botch a surgery, if you mess that up, you out of here. You lose your job. You lose your license. You're done. Same thing with attorneys. But for whatever reason, we look at police officers and say, hmm, that's a really hard job. It must be really complicated to make these quick decisions. You were qualified enough to do the job. So we should just forgive you if you mess it up. No. Change the conscience of white people by changing the institutions that they ascribe to. Why? Because white people love policies and procedures and frameworks and laws. They like shit to make sense. So give them some shit that makes sense consistently. That way they don't deal with the cognitive dissonance of saying, I know how I feel, but this is what the law says, because that's what they like. I think is I think we go as far as we gotta have our own institutions. We just we we have to because I think ultimately there's a base the base for their institutions has to like has to do with the racial hierarchy and perceiving black people a particular way and so to change their institutions I feel like you got to change like them like you got to change the underlying culture and that's that's a that's a fight that we just not going to win yeah. and so ultimately I think like really and this kind of gets into the conversation of like self policing you know what I'm saying and that type of shit it's just like it shouldn't be those people moderating these situations you know what I mean? Like though the circumstances that that are involved, whether you're talking about uh police making the decisions and how they making them, like when they're being held accountable, it shouldn't be like the people that they work for mm. doing that. Because they have less of an incentive to hold them accountable because then everybody gotta be held accountable. Exactly. And if they are doing fuck shit, then I mean it, it's it's it just it's just all you know what I'm saying, shit stream downhill. <laughs> you feel me? And so and so if we hold one of them accountable, then we got to change the whole and it, they just can't do it. And so ultimately it, it has to be us making decisions about us. It has to be us pulling up. You know what I'm saying? When it's, when it's issues in the community, like somebody that looked like you and me, that's concerned with like, Hey, I want to deescalate this. I want everybody to go home. I'm yeah. here to make sure everybody go home. Right. That's the whole purpose of getting somebody else involved. And so and, until we have, us making them decisions and we go like this is this the reality that we're going to keep having to deal with and what's interesting i want to get your percep- uh, 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 perception on in fact the uh what's the not fucking around coalition you said what in fact uh what is that what is your what your in the not fucking around coalition the brothers uh-huh. that was uh you ain't heard about them Mm-mm. the brothers yeah. that was put that was surveilling that black lady's house when she was being harassed. Yeah, I didn't know they had a name. I didn't know they yeah. had Nazi Jazzy name like that. Yeah, nah, they got some whole shit. They got some whole shit. It's called the uh, yeah, the in fact, not fucking around coalition. It's just like Grandmaster J is dude name. Um, and so yeah, it that that he it, it, like the whole idea behind like black people policing like black communities is like they really taking that shit serious. And they showing up in, in certain places, strapped, of course. Um, 
but you still have like even internally you have people questioning whether or not that's appropriate but then you got motherfuckers that'll call 911 and you know what I'm saying given the circumstances that we that that we run into so I you know I I think that there is plenty of merit complete merit right I believe in black nationalism I believe in black pan africanism I believe that black people should have the proprietorship and the leadership and the ability to be sovereign and govern over their own people and their own politics. I'll say what I've always said. Black people have to get on the same page about what we are prioritizing and how we feel about certain things because there are intercommunal disagreements about how we deal with and live amongst each other, how we respond to certain intercommunal issues of the legitimacy that we give to certain people, right? Who should be these police officers? There's a lot of skepticism about black men and their ability to lead in our communities, but we know that men are the proportionate, over the disproportionately police officers in these instances. Do we have the same levels of respect, uh, the equal opportunities for trans black folk, for black women, for queer folk? Like what do these things start to look like? Um, and, and really, I mean, we would have to change the entire face of what it means to police, right? We might end up with completely different language outside of the police for our communities, all right? So there's a lot of layers to pull back and structural re-engineering that starts uh, with what black people are doing. And what we want to do, and what we want out of these types of systems. So, uh, I mean, as, as we round it out, I want to ask you this: um, What should be our response to uh, Derek Chauvin, the the guilty of all charges? This meaning something. This obviously meaning something uh culturally at least because we could be pessimists and because that's that's really we've really been engaging in our pessimism conversation kind of going more so into like okay how this is just kind of like a part of shit you know it is what it is type um but in t- like this this clearly means something culturally though like you got the president chiming in yeah. you have uh politicians making statements uh so it's it's and again that's why i keep bringing up this like post-trump america because i think there is a a very blatant attempt to uh, use Trump as a as a way to shift into a not necessarily post racial because I think white people understood what they made their mistake there, but uh-huh. a um, a dare I say a racially literate. Okay. Would you give Would you give them that? Would you Would you give them the idea that culturally something like um, what happened with George Floyd? is pushing white people and in, in, in American culture to be more racially literate. No. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> this decision makes me feel the same way stimulus checks make me feel. This is cute. This does not mean you understand or care to dismantle the system of capitalism, right? So you have equalized things. You have gave, given people equal access to a certain amount of money. When I swipe my card, I'm gonna get the warm fillies and like, oh shit, I didn't have to labor for this and work yeah. to the like I do when every you, dollar I spent. When you see them two zeros, you feel you good. You know, <laughs> strength of a beat in mind because the government is doing what the hell it's supposed to do, right? Yeah. I, so I'm tingling for that second, but then I move on and, and, and come back to reality and see all of the other implications and examples of why capitalism sucks. And I'm reminded again that I don't care that the government gave me a check. Similarly, it's like, okay, I get the warm and feelings. I reserve space for this moment. I'm not going to pretend it didn't happen the same way I can't re- pretend the STEMI didn't hit. I'm not going to pretend the decision wasn't made and I won't not, sit, you know, 
uh, rebel in that moment, but I'm not right. We're going to spend that money. That doesn't communicate to me that the system has learned anything or readjusted or recalibrated or uh, broken down and rebuilt a new orientation to recognizing black life. I'm not stupid. I'm not moved. Within hours, we got the we did with Makai Bryant. So I I could be a fool, but I'm not one. And so, again, the STEMI, this decision, same feeling. Warm and bubbly, warm and fuzzy for a second come back to reality, put our feet back on the ground and recognize that ain't shit changed. Like a, like a blind hawk could find an acre. Exactly. Um, this is where, and, and you know, I, I take a little bit of pushback for this, right? But, but I, I have an explanation. I do think that U.S. culture is becoming more racially literate. Let me explain why, though. <laughs> it has to in order to maintain itself. The uniqueness about whiteness and racism outside of like other forms of fascism and shit that's existed is its ability to morph, to look different, to change, to adapt, right? Whiteness and racism has always been adaptable. It's never been so rigid to where it will completely undermine itself and shatter and break itself by not being able to adapt with whatever's you know what I'm saying? The the uh the dominant force, the majority force, right? So like if you look at like the example I kind of like to use is the fact that they freed niggas. You feel me? They freed the slaves in order to win a bigger fight. You and so if you look at it from that perspective, there in 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 a post-Trump America, they have to become racially literate. That's why you got the president of the United States speaking on it. Even and I mean, even though he has less of a burden to overcome because it's just another white man speaking on it, as opposed to Obama, where there's a responsibility associated with him speaking on it. But now it's more business as usual. You feel me? But what you see here is even in you have uh, companies sending out uh, memos talking about uh, being more, uh, you know, taking a day off and reflecting and respecting and understanding. And you have diversity initiatives and you have people really spending money to get people to talk about it. You got to understand this. You got to, you got to internalize this. Now, I mean, it's a, I'll be telling you, you know, right? Like you're trying to get into that field. Like, matter of fact, hold on. If we, if we I agree. Agree. Shout out I to Here's yeah. hold on. Hold on. Let, let me get it. Let me get this example. Let me get this example. Let me get this together. You got it. Let, let, you know what I'm saying? Let me, let me get this together. The whole market consciously, the whole consciously franchise is built off white people trying to learn and trying to get taught. You feel me? The whole idea, even these conversations that we have in right now, right? Hey, if you go cut the check, we can, it's a conversation we can have. Yeah, you feel me? Now, I'm not saying, and and and, and then you got it right. I'm not saying that this that is that is there that this is a a benevolent thing. I'm not saying that this is something that they're doing out of uh, trying to create a genuine appreciation. No, they have to. They're being forced to. And if you don't learn it, and if you don't engage with it in a way that is that it, what is respectful, right? That is uh, understanding, that is tolerant, right? There are consequences. Period. Whiteness is going to adapt to that. Go ahead. You said a lot. So I was like, well, that sounds reasonable. So now I'm just like discombobulated. This is a lot yeah. I'm about it. <laughs> because I think we ultimately agree. You know, how yeah. you guys troubled me. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, how, how I got there, Trouble G. How you, how you got there? <laughs> I'm nervous, man, but I, we ended up at the same place. Nigga, I cannot tell y'all how many homework assignments I did because in the household that I did, well, grew up in, if I didn't do them, I was going to get my ass beat. So, like, the reality of the situation is don't mistake, and you said it at the end, these are not, this is not a perception of genuineness. This is you have to do this or else you are going to succumb to the power dynamic that you have ascribed to. When I think about the various types of power and you all look them up, there are five. Uh, the one I'll specifically focus on is reward power. Right. Which is what black people and the uh, liberal community in general has over yeah. consumership. Right. Which is right. the ability to reward or take away reward if you don't yeah. do and that aligns with what I want you to do. So in that regard, if you're playing the game right, if you really know what you're doing and how you're doing it, you're going to be up to speed on these things because either the bag is going to be lost or you don't want to hear from these niggas. One right. of the two, right? <laughs> right. So I look at, for example, uh, the, so, the, the corporate responsibility um, of the Raiders, by the way, which if y'all were on Twitter yesterday, y'all saw the Raiders. Oh. <laughs> <After> <laughs> the they game, tried. Did they not try to? They, bruh, they try. They try, right? <laughs> I mean, but I think this only demonstrates the high stakes nature of all of this shit. The shift that white supremacy and a white supremacist nation and, can, and, and consumership is having to do to keep up. Because the damn gonna tweet. Let me tell y'all what they tweeted. These Raiders is gonna tweet after the decision was released. Uh, I, I can breathe. Niggas said, what? They try. What but see, talking about? And that's where the bag is. They know, like, they tried, right? The fact that they tried. They're not going to try and be like, oh, well, damn, we fucked up. Fuck Let's it. See. Let's go full racist. Like, fuck, you know what I'm saying? Fuck, fuck black people, right? They're going to be like, okay, let's reassess. Somebody's going to get a bag from that. It's a That's a market, right? Like, educating people who make stupid mistakes like that gets niggas paid. You feel me? And because that 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 means that that's something that they willing to invest in because they see the value in that information. And in uh, the comment that uh, Dr. Dancy said was that they they are not learning to free. They want to speak the language, but to preserve white supremacist power. Exactly. But that's why. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why knowing it. That's why having that language. Right. Knowing that. Um. You know what I'm saying? Like. Uh. Like uh, knowing that. Uh. What. Epistemology, you feel me? Like it's situating yourself in that. You know how we talked about undercommons and shit in debate, right? Like having spaces like outside of like where white people engage themselves, or like where white people are kind of like pulling shit, right? We talked about that intelligibility, right? right. Not being able to come across in ways to be surveyed and sur- you know and surveil. But what happens when they start cutting the check for it? What happens when they learn the language because they got niggas that's willing to teach it to them? Hey, um, it's a weird trade-off, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, if somebody trying to get into the EDI field myself, who is already kind of at the the outskirts of it, on uh, you know, looking in at the whole industry of it and really wanting to be a part of it, I get it because it is a bag to be secured. Um, I just, as Dr. Dancy said, when it's all said and done, it does nothing for Black liberation. Nothing. Right, and really buying into these corporate because I mean the thing about corporations is corporate corporations gonna corporation, right? And humans gonna human. And so when it's all said and done, all of these gestures, right? It's very seldom we find organizations that top to bottom have any meaningful orientation toward any of these gestures. That's why we can look at Amazon pay you fifteen dollars an hour and still have you piss in a water bottle and then mm-hmm. lie about it. 
right? And so <laughs> they will champion one thing, but then it's like, look, okay, we're looking at the tabletop. Let's look up under the 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 uh, tablecloth and see what's happening underneath the table, right? And shit looks completely different. So all of this to say, I'm not moved. I'm not persuaded. I'm not swayed. Um, corporations, federations, learning the language of uh, blackness and black liberation and black resistance. They're going to do it because I do agree with you, Dominique. They are always going to be attempting to readjust themselves, to recalibrate, and to be more covert in how they uh, perfect their white supremacist agenda. Uh, we just got to be like the the man in the, uh, what commercial was that? They said, oh, you got to be quicker than that. Wait a second. I think that's a Geico commercial. <laughs> we got to be, like say you got to be quicker. Right? Yeah. And that's why I, I endorse the turn up. Uh, in every city, regardless of what decision we get over here. I mm. hope Columbus and they own way got theirs in yesterday. I hope that um, Adam Toledo and them in Chicago went ahead and tore something up and messed something up. <laughs> like I just, I don't mind. I don't care. And that's because yeah. there's nothing to be benefited from our silence and our complicity with these decisions. And we're not surprised. Um, I'll say this and then, I mean, uh, and then, you know, we could go ahead and, and, and do the thing. Um, when we look at what happened with Derek Chauvin, Please understand that we confuse injustice with accountability. Accountability is a baseline, mm-hmm. right? This should, accountability should be the norm. I mean, a uh, 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 broke clock is right twice a day. Yeah. A blind mm-hmm. hawk could find an acre. Okay, they get it right sometimes. All right, but this is no in no way, shape, or form uh, a reflection of anything changing in this country right it doesn't like that this is not an example of that and we can't let them use it as an example of that be happy the chop up will never tell you not to be happy goddammit. be happy <laughs> <laughs> you feel me yes they got it right they did get it right right but i wouldn't have mind if they said you know what we still gonna fuck something up anyway just a few if just a few, i mean i wouldn't have i wouldn't have tripped off that you know what I mean? Because I do think that they that they need to also know that nah, this ain't this ain't enough. This hey, ain't Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said riot is a language of the unheard, and you know it works for people who have selective hearing too. Yeah. So you know, just because you heard us this time, don't mean we won't turn up because you probably won't hear us the next. We not moved by that. Exactly. Hey, and y'all, everybody out there that's that's getting that um, diversity and inclusion bag, get that motherfucker. You feel me? Get that that that. Hey, that's that's there for a reason. You know what I mean, but. Just remember who you're dealing with. Yeah. All right. So we out this thing. We appreciate y'all joining us. Make sure y'all are subscribed to the Chop Up Show. If y'all watching this on the Conscious Lee channel, make sure y'all subscribe to the Chop Up Show on YouTube. If you're watching the Chop Up Show on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to Conscious Lee. Make sure y'all are following us on Facebook. Follow us at uh, the Chop, Chop Up, Up Pod. Chop Up Show Pod. At Chop Up Show Pod. Chop Up Show Pod. At Chop Up Show Pod on Twitter. Great time for y'all to go. If y'all joined in at the end of the show, we got a whole thing going on where we're trying to get the mayor of Louisville out of there for his negligence and mishandling of the Breonna Taylor case. So if y'all joined the show late, it's cool. Well, here's what I need you to do. Do go get on Twitter and go to Chop Up Show Pod right now. If not, get on our Instagram and go look at this picture that was posted um, that I want y'all to go check out right here. Go get all the details, get out the text. Go get all the details right here for hashtag Fire Fisher. I want y'all to share this post. Put it in your stories and get more people moving. But there's an email option. There's a tweet option. There's a call option. We are demanding to get Greg Fisher out of office um, and that he be uh, uh, kicked out 
by the association, the board of mayors uh, across the country for his negligences and actions down there. Now, y'all know the police got off. Y'all know Daniel Cameron got off. Um, we've got to hold somebody accountable for what happened to Brianna. So fight with us and go ahead and jump over there and do that for us. That's y'all's action item for tonight as the Chop Nation. We need y'all to go ahead and jump over and get that retweeted, make some noise, get some disruptions out there so we can get it going. The other thing I wanted to say is shout out to Dr. Dancy, who I ain't seen up in the mix for a second, but I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Comments, we know we got love for you. Nico is in the building. Shout out to Nico for jumping in, saying what's up. Tiffany in the building. Shout out to my sister, Rings of Blaze. Said what's up. Uh, who else? Jeremy Slid in here. Pinky Ford been here since the beginning, but definitely dropping comments. I seen Brittany sliding in toward the end of the show, saying what's up. Khadijah's in this thing. Lester J is in this thing. We, you know, got love for all of y'all. Everybody, it don't matter what time y'all slide in. We know we're not on our normal night. It's a, it's a Friday night. I mean, it's a Wednesday night, and so we switched right, it up. Right, right, right. But we appreciate y'all for jumping in and tagging in with us uh, and showing love like y'all always do. And baby Huey is in the building. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? To see you. I say what's up to the boy. You feel me? Huey wanted to say bye. Well, really, he was getting on his mama nerves. So she was like, here, you've been on there for hours. Take your son. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, he need that daddy energy to go to bed. You know what I mean? That daddy energy let him know. Lay down. I tried to go visit my nephew this weekend and Dominique went answer my phone call. So y'all we 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 talked about that. We talked about that. Tell the audience, tell our listeners that I tried to go see my nephew in Long Beach, California, and I'm too shy to see it, fully vaccinated, and the man wouldn't answer the phone. So when we talk about broken families, sometimes sometimes niggas like this be the one. And I'm gonna do what I Huey. I love you. I'm gonna see you soon. <laughs> yeah, look, you she gonna see you soon. She gonna see you soon. Hey, we out of here though. Y'all know what it is. This is the chopper. Let's go. Say bye, you. Me, my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in a console. Keep the semi when I ride. Little penny when I drive. In the city.